I'm having a scotch. Scotch. A Highland scotch. Nice. <clears throat> Glen Morangi. Aged 10 years. I was at um, Whole Foods with Ellie the other day, mm-hmm. and she was just kind of looking around, and she picked up a cheese that was aged 15 months. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Aged 15? Why do I want to eat this if it's been aged 15 months? <laughs> I said, well, that's how they do it. It's, it's good, you know? And, uh, but she, she was not down with that at all. I tried to explain to her that it would get better and, you know, it develops flavor, but she just was convinced that it probably tasted like garbage and it's not something that she should eat. Which, you can't really fault that. You know, it's logic, you know, you wouldn't, you talk about things getting rotten and stuff, you wouldn't think that you would want to eat it. All right. Aging, aging cheese, so aging cheese and aged meats are interesting. Yeah. Because I would like to see... That cheese, when they're ready to like process it, is it covered in mold? Because right. Yeah. That's how salami is. It's just yeah covered in a moldy casing. And yeah. <clears throat> there's a there's a store in Valpa where I buy some some meat from, and, mm-hmm. and I'm cutting off the mold. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it smells yeah. bad. Just the mold smells or the yeah, meat smells? Yeah, the, the mold, mold. smells. The meat smells delicious. Delicious and meaty. <coughs> yes. Well, I um, remember this, reading this uh, recipe from Mark Bittman, who writes for the New York Times and a bunch of other stuff a few years ago, where he was talking about the best way to cook a steak mm-hmm. is to open a steak and just keep it open, open, like not wrapped in anything, on right. a plate, in a refrigerator for a couple of days and it like dries dry it out. age yeah yeah mm-hmm. and which i guess is on a yeah. much much smaller scale kind of the same thing mm-hmm. you know well yeah and, and people will dry age uh steaks for days I mean, yeah you can do it for like 60 days if you want can to. you really i think so huh and i i always wanted i think we talked about the uh the like how you can make jerky like you can get an air mm-hmm. air dehydrator, right? But like I also saw on the internet like years ago about how if you get a box fan mm-hmm. and just like put a tray on a box fan and let the box fan like dry it out for a couple of days, you can make jerky like that. Really? Yeah. We but, should try these experiments in in conjunction with the microwave cooking. Yeah, well, I've made zero progress in the microwave. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't cooked. I mean, anything out of the ordinary in the microwave. Just some chicken nuggets and some. Uh, I don't think I've even done any popcorn lately. I did buy not microwave popcorn, mm-hmm. but just regular popcorn the other day to make some, but I, I haven't made it yet. The other thing about cheese. So at work we go to, um, we go to. Every Christmas we have this outing that we go to like a fancy restaurant, everybody, right. for lunch one day. And we went to this French restaurant this past year. And I ordered, I, I, the menu, I was not impressed. Like it wasn't, 
it just wasn't my thing and like nothing on there felt fancy to me so I was like all right I'll just get the hamburger can't go wrong with a hamburger no unless you're a french cook and then you mess it all up so like i i should have known i was in for trouble when the hamburger arrived and it wasn't on a bun it was on like a piece of bread but and i thought that i knew when i looked at it i thought that i knew what it was going to be i thought it was going to be like a light biscuit i can't remember the name for it but like i thought that that's what it was going to be but it was almost like a creamy bread thing that it was sitting atop okay not enjoyable at all and then you could choose what cheese you wanted on top of it so and it had like three different cheeses so i chose roquefort cheese okay which i thought i liked but as soon as it arrived and i tasted it i was like I'm not eating that. It tasted like the elephant enclosure at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, as I bit it, I was like, mmm, elephant. Like, it was horrific. So I scraped that off and just, like, tried to eat the burger. But it was like a two-inch thick burger. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't a burger. It was a piece of meat. Right. And the inside was, like, blue. It was, like, not cooked at all. All right, like, rare. Not not rare. No, like raw, like heartbeat. Heart, yeah, right. like ice was stabbing the thing. Still, the I, it was. So I ate like the outsides of were rare. Mm-hmm. So I ate that a little bit, but like the middle, like inch and a half in diameter, mm-hmm. was just like they just scooped it out and put it on the plate. It was. I was like, man, I, that's the green beans were good. That was it. Best thing in the entire meal was were the green beans. That reminds the rare meat. The first time I had rare meat was at my brother's wedding. The, his like party. They got married in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Then had had this party at her father's house in St. John, and um, uh, they had a like well known area chef there, and. Um, uh, it was kind of like a you got your you went through this line mm-hmm. and picked your food up, picked your meat up. Then at the end, the chef was was uh, cooking the meat, and um, Rick and I were in line together, mm-hmm. and we <laughs> um, I had had a couple pieces of beef and i handed it to the chef and he puts it down on the like griddle or whatever Mm -hmm. he he had i can't remember and he puts it down turns it over and then hands it back to me (laughs) and i was holding my plate and i (laughs) wanted to say like can you cook that more (laughs) is this a joke (laughs) right but obviously, I'm like, okay, I've we grew up eating medium rare, right? So I, yeah, but but I hadn't had rare ever, yeah. And the, uh, so I take my plate at this time, it's like juicing everywhere, yeah, just bloodish, whatever that juice you is. can call it juice, but it's blood, <laughs> right? And uh, so Rick comes in and we look at each other we're like dude is this like are we (laughs) supposed supposed to eat this this? so we eat everything else 
look at each other. I can picture them. We <laughs> looked at each other, shrugged our shoulders, and <laughs> ate it. It really was awesome. Yeah. 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 And I mean, since since then, I've had um, steak tartare. I mean, which okay. is yeah. raw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can handle it. But, but if you're not expecting it, it can be unpleasant. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I think that's the most raw thing that I've had. I, the but getting back to the cheese, like I have a major problem with blue cheese too. Are you a blue cheese fan? I hate it. It's it's like vomit. Like yes. whoever decided, hey, let's eat blue cheese, like had some serious problems because there's no reason that you should be eating that. Do you think that that food history is so interesting? Because it I want to know. What was eaten out of necessity? Right. And then, like, what bougie ruler <laughs> yeah. said, hey, I'm going to eat these these whale eggs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, even, even things like lobster. Like, when people first started eating lobster, right. it was peasant food. Right. Like, it wasn't food for rich people. It mm-hmm. was, like, not – it wasn't supposed to be good. And mm-hmm. then at some point it changed and it has become – But who, like, you hunted it and yeah. said, oh, man, I bet I'm going to eat, eat that. this right. ugly spider-looking water animal. It had to be somebody very hungry. Right. You know? Right. But, like, I, I, I have endless admiration – for the first person who saw a pineapple mm-hmm. and was like, I bet that's good. Right. Because, like, you look at it on the outside, and especially if you get, like, one that's sharp or whatever, oh, and you sure, grab yeah. that, you have to be thinking, like, I'm not going to eat this. But right. then, like, once you get through it, it's good to go. The payoff. The payoff. Right. That's it. So the um, blue cheese. Uh-huh. The, well, it's just, like... My sister liked blue cheese dressing, like craft mm-hmm. blue cheese right. dressing, which is, you know, a little bit different probably. Mm-hmm. Not probably. A little bit different than actual blue cheese. Right. But, like, and I think that I liked it kind of a little bit when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But then, like, years went by, and then I tried, like, a blue cheese, like a fresh blue cheese dressing, and mm-hmm. just, like, ugh, disgusting. And then... um I tried, I can't remember where I was, I tried a little piece of blue cheese again. And I was like, this, it just tastes like the Harry Potter puke uh, it's, jelly bean. Like, yeah, it's disgusting. It's, yeah, it's real assy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, if people like it, they like it. I'm, I'm sure people, there's a lot oh, of people yeah. who wonder how I can eat asparagus, I'm sure. But it's... Uh, Dude, asparagus is awesome. Asparagus is, in my... In my uh, Facebook memories thing today, mm-hmm. it came up a picture from like three years ago that I tagged my, my niece in, and it said, uh, I'm eating polenta and asparagus for dinner tonight. And it was just this huge plate of polenta, a bed of polenta with like a pound of asparagus on it. I was like, I'm going to make that for dinner tonight. And I forgot all about it. And I <laughs> had a banana instead. Um, so, yeah, cheese, cheese and meat ages some of it well and some of it not so well here's something to to bring up did you eat bologna as a kid oh yeah do you eat bologna now um do you buy bologna no no but i would i would eat it we would eat it on sandwiches and then fried with eggs yeah i never i've never Um, had fried oh yeah it's awesome is it um 
uh, I bought bologna from a butcher shop a couple years ago that was awesome. Okay. So I'm not against it. It's just something I don't think of. Yeah. And and I have this thing with with um, <clears throat> processed meats mm-hmm. where it's it's just like one of those things where 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 I think it's so bad I won't eat it, right. but I'll drink three bottles of whiskey in a week, and I'm that's <laughs> that's totally healthy for you. Um, but it's it's different processing, right? <laughs> But it's something I I would eat. I just don't think about it. Yeah, because it seems like a like a kid, a kid food. food. Yeah, whereas like salami is the adult food. Yeah, but right. bologna is for children. Yeah, or 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 a ham loaf. Or, or, yeah, or, or right. no, 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 not ham loaf. An olive olive loaf, loaf is yeah. for just strictly people eighty and older. Yeah, they like like in order to eat an olive olive loaf, you have to have a Buick. So <laughs> right. I can't believe how many young people I see driving Don't, Buicks these days. Okay. It's not a young car; it's an old people's car. I try to not you're, you're, have rants on here. But certain <laughs> things set me off, and fucking Buick is one of them. I don't give a fuck about what their ad campaign is. Buick is cool. No younger people sh- should fucking buy. No, Buicks are for old people. You really need – they probably check your driver's license, okay, and make sure you're of a certain age. You need to be an AARP to buy a Buick. Yeah, Those two things should be tied. They're – that's even too young. I mean, you've, yeah. you've got to be at least 75 or older to buy a Buick. <laughs> They're just it, in. Don't get me wrong. I've watched these commercials, mm-hmm. and the Buicks look nicer now. They actually look you know, somewhat like non-boat-like. But they're still a fucking Buick, and they're still for old people. Yeah, I mean, fucking walkers are nicer, better, nicer yeah. these days too. But young people aren't yeah. using those. So, I like I dropped my kids off at school. It, there's at the elementary school, and I there were one day there were two Buicks right in front of me, right? Like two Buick SUVs right in front of me, and I just think like oh, the grandparents, the great grandparents are dropping the kids off right. at school, but no. So if you're dry, if you're listening to this in a Buick, why? Unless you're old, then that's fine. But all right, well, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about a Buick sponsorship at least. Right. Um, what I was what was I saying before that? I don't know. Um, I, I, oh, um, somehow that was tied with baloney, but I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, because um, I. One off on an oh on a being, well, yeah baloney is kids food right right okay Braunschweiger oh yeah Sign have you ever up. had that oh it's so good liverwurst and Braunschweiger yeah eat it every day with are you shitting me right with now? a bottle of scotch oh yeah it's you sound like an old man now dude it's you're gonna rant against Buicks and then tell me that you're eating Braunschweiger <laughs> and scotch. <laughs> <laughs> First off, scotch is there's a, a myth that it's an old man drink and it totally is not. Let's crack that myth right here right now as I drink my scotch. 
Brian Troy, it, it's such an under, it's fat. And like I said on maybe the first or second podcast, oh, yeah. I love eating fat. Yeah. And I love eating animal parts. <laughs> Ears, snout, balls, Rocky hoof, Mountain oysters, whatever. When you ever eat tongue? Yes. Meyer had some beef tongue yeah. the other day. It was reduced. Tongue talk, yeah. When body parts are mixed with fat, mm-hmm. you just can't go wrong. That's all, right. all there is to it. So eat all right. Um, I'm not eating it, but um, there's a um, uh, there's a butcher in in uh, Three Oaks, Michigan, by Journeyman. Okay. Um, Dryers, I th- I think it's called and. Uh, they have liver best. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, I got to get up to Journeyman. I really want to. I've never been there, and like now that I'm more mixed drinks. Right. Like, well, don't go. Not now. They ruined their place when they expanded to the uh-huh. big restaurant. Their their cocktail program went south. See, that's exactly what because you got to keep it small. Because it got too big, and their their spirits are awesome. I continue to buy them, and I always will. But yeah. I won't. I used to make a point to go there, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't recommend driving out there if you're living out here. If you're yeah. out there in the area, right. yes, yeah, but don't make a special trip. For no, it. I mean they're cock. They they're cock. It's yeah. I won't know the it's difference. It's sad. It is. When their little bar opened, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. They did a really, really good job. But um, well, maybe this will get it back. This will get back to them, and you'll make them up their game a yeah. little bit. My old boss. So when I worked at Al's, um, my old boss. He, he. This was his lunch for, for I swear, two straight weeks. He would take white bread. Mm-hmm. Put like like a half of stick of butter on each <laughs> piece of bread. <laughs> Take the liverwurst, uh-huh. cut up like six pieces, make a sandwich. It, Can it, you it even was, cut it? I thought it was like spreadable. No, I mean just take a butter. Oh, okay. And, yeah, okay. Um, cut it in circles, yeah. and he he would eat this. Butter and liverwurst sandwich, which at the <laughs> and time, then he died, bro. Well, I, at the time, I was watching. I was like, "How the hell do you eat this?" As I like ate my fourth Totino's pizza of the <laughs> right. afternoon, right? And, and he was just loving it. Yeah, I tried it once. It's pretty rich. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Jesus. I, well, like when you work in a grocery store. I remember going on breaks in the grocery store and just feeling like so, like, like what do I want? Because you can have anything. Right. Like, everything mm-hmm. is there. So I went through a phase where, like, I would get from the deli, I would get, like, a bowl of corn mm-hmm. from the deli and just eat, like, you know, a pound of corn on break or whatever. Right. But it was so good and so buttery. And my sister worked at the grocery store with me for a while, and we would get... I specifically remember a couple of times buying. Do you remember Vianetta? Vianetta. Vianetta um, was this like ice cream loaf. No. That no. Uh, Briars, I think, made it. And okay. it came in like this like four by 10 inch loaf. And it was like 
thin strips of ice cream that were like folded on top of each other. Okay. And it was so good. I have no idea why it's discontinued. It sounds familiar, but, yeah. but it I was, can't. But it was so good. And my sister and I, I vividly remember taking a break at the same time with her and just sitting down and just like going to town on just Vianetta. Right. And also like I would buy those tubes of refrigerated cookie dough. Oh, yeah, And just yeah, eat yeah. those. yeah. Cookie God, dough. I what the never hell was ate I that. I would go through phases of uh, like pizza puffs. Oh yeah, pizza, then, those deli pizza puffs. Right, right. I haven't seen those in years. Uh, the the aforementioned uh, uh, Totino's pizza. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and and just I would I uh, I went through a phase where I. Like would would just eat boxes of uh, of Matt's oatmeal raisin cookies. Oh yeah, and wash it wash it down with like three Mountain Dews. <laughs> You're fine. Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but don't eat bologna because it might be unhealthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, my dad, I I'm sure he probably still eats bologna. I think there was bologna in his refrigerator when I went over there a, a couple weeks ago. And he's, you know, 70-whatever years old, and he's never stopped eating it, and he never will stop eating it. But part of his problem is that he's, like, the pickiest eater mm-hmm. ever. And there, there are only a handful of things that he will eat. So just, uh, just an example of my dad's pickiness, okay? My dad will eat a salad. And by salad, I mean iceberg lettuce and tomatoes. That's it. <laughs> no carrots. No, any cucumbers, anything else, and and only like God forbid you put cherry tomatoes on it. No way, <laughs> you can't get by with cherry tomatoes. It's got to be like. Did you put dressing on it? Uh, only oil and vinegar. Okay, that's it. He won't eat anything else. Which I don't put. I usually don't put any dressing on mine, so yeah. I don't fault him for that. Me neither. But but, um, but he he digs the bologna. But like my kids. If I bought bologna, I don't even know if my kids would know what it is. Really? I don't think I've ever had it in my house. And, like, my daughter's a vegetarian, so she for sure wouldn't be eating that. Sometimes she goes rogue for chicken nuggets, but, like, she's not going to eat freaking bologna. And my sons might eat it, but, like, I'm pretty sure from the time I was 6 to, like, 14, I like, half my meals were bologna. Right. Bologna and cheese, or bologna and mustard and cheese. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have some. I'm gonna have some. Well, maybe. We, oh, I forgot to get the Popeyes chicken sandwiches that we talked about. We were supposed to have those last episode. Oh yeah. Damn it! Next we, time we gotta have better follow through. I know. We talk about shit here and then, but like we we do this podcast and then like an hour later we can't even remember what we, what we talk about. So. Yeah. The um, listeners have to hold us responsible. Say, yeah. hey, what happened? What about this Popeyes? How about a little follow sandwiches? up? Yeah, come on. Like you're always following through with the uh, laying ice, but I mean, what about <laughs> right. the chicken sandwiches? Chicken sandwiches and bologna sandwiches and microwave cooking techniques. Okay, bologna. So, so bologna, I will. I will buy this weekend either a ring of bologna or a like the Ostermeyer packaged uh-huh. one. 
You buy Asker Meyer, I'll buy Eckridge, and we'll have a bologna taste off. Fucking Eckridge sucks. I'll tell you that right off. Really? I thought Eckridge was better. No. Well, I'm. My opinion in the crappy processed meat world. <laughs> in the, the crappy <laughs> processed meat segment. I'm always. I will always choose Oscar Meyer. Really? Eckridge. Even like hot dogs. Oscar Meyer cheese dogs are where it's at. Just because it says wieners on the package? Well, I mean, <laughs> come on. You can't go wrong with wieners. No, yeah. Yeah, I always always found Eckridge to be a little off. Probably because they were not using animal parts, like, a, like right. random hooves and ears and snouts. Have you ever had Bar-S? Bar S? Oh, yeah. Bar S hot dogs, yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. eaten them. Yeah, I don't. They're fine. I don't think I've eaten them, but they're they're just like so much cheaper even than Oscar Mayer that I'm like, ah, I'm not sure about that. I uh, made you some Bar S hot dogs back in 2003, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I survived. I mean, you you ate them. Okay. You, yeah, I, I I don't eat hot dogs very often. Three but, three in his mouth at once. <laughs> but I do like hot dogs. I mean, yeah, I love hot dogs. I, I I can't even remember the last one I had. Probably a baseball game or something. But hot dogs are just really awesome. Yeah, and when you buy no good hot dogs, yeah, like really, yeah, real like hot, some Nathan's or um, well, even like. Butcher uh, shop hot butcher dogs. Butcher shop, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Rob's and Dyer. Yeah. Rob's Chop and Meat House, whatever it's called. Okay, so if people are out there uh, in the Cherville Highland area, Rob's and Dyer, that is, it's meat heaven. I went to a White Sox a tailgate it before the Cubs-White Sox game, and the guy cooking had all the meat was from Rob's, mm. and the freaking sausages that he had were mm-hmm. just like so good yeah i didn't i've i've never been there but either the stuff is good or the guy knew how to cook it because it was delicious yeah um i thought there was something else i was going to say about food but we can we can come back to that as, as you see we're just all over the place today but speaking of following through let's go back to this i mentioned the other day that i would tell a story Oh, yes. So, from what, 92? From, uh, I think, 1992 or 93. Yeah. So, Brian and I uh, grew up from, well, when we we met as friends in the fall of 1989, we lived, um, what, probably about a mile and a half or two miles apart, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And we lived in, so there's this community called South Haven. It's just like a residential area. And there's New South Haven. My family was rich, so we, <laughs> we lived in New South Haven. And Brian's family was poor, so he lived in Old South Haven. Oh, yeah. That's not how it was at all. It was the same thing, and nobody was rich. But um, it, but there was always that, like, new versus old, right. like, thing. But um, we were so poor that one of our uh, neighbors fathers was a 
was a postal worker and we thought he was rich as shit because he was a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's neighbor had um, like uh, wooden, what are those things? Like a fence? Like oh, yeah, kind of yeah, a wooden, yeah. fe- a wooden the, an old like split fence uh-huh. that had like biblical verses like painted on the fence. Right? Was it biblical verses? They or were just, painted. They were like, like they were like cut out letters. Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so his neighbors were pretty hardcore. Well, and the neighbor before that was a pretty. Uh, how do I put this? Uh, rambunctious young man. <laughs> and then they moved. Then these holy rollers moved in and like right away put this this like these verses up and it threw us off. They probably could feel that they were living they next th- to you, so they needed all the help from God they could get. No, I wondered that they <laughs> they had to like moved in. They did have a lot of priests walking around in the yard and pointing <laughs> the power of Christ pointing compels at me. You. So so yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we lived like relatively close to each other, like within uncomfortable walking distance. Like we didn't walk it a lot. Right. And we we would always like get rides from each other, from each other's parents or whatever. But so one night he stayed the night at my house and we were up late and we decided, hey, Let's sneak out of the house and we'll walk up to like the business area, which is like probably two miles from my house. Mm-hmm. And we'll go to the um, the gas station there and get something to eat or whatever. Right. Basically, we just wanted to get out and walk around. So we leave my house and we walk up to this gas station, which is beyond where he lives. It's like a mile past where he lives. And we get whatever we got. I don't remember. The only yeah. thing I remember about that is we walked in. It's like the middle of the night. And on the on the speakers is River of Dreams by Billy Joel playing. And there's this. the lyrics are, in the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep. And that's what I, I thought it was cool because it was the middle of the night and we were up there. But do you know where this is story, this story is going yet? Do you remember this story? I'm pretty sure. Okay. So we start walking back. We walk past his house, okay? And then we walk past the elementary school where he we just we were just walking all around at this point at like 1:30 in the morning. And we walk we're just walking around the neighborhood and then we're walking like probably a mile beyond his house, maybe half a mile beyond his house. And this car comes up next to us and yells something at us. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I don't think we knew what they yelled. They were just something obnoxious. And we're two like 14 or 15 year old kids who were just like scared. Right. And like, because we can't run to your house. So, (laughs) so we like kind of hide and then the car like comes back and then we're like, all right, we got to get out of here and like take cover or whatever. (laughs) But we can't go to his house because we're supposed to be at my house and we're too far away from my house. So we see that his neighbor across the street (laughs) has a light on. Okay. And by now it's literally two o'clock in the morning. And my... 
neighbor, I I would hang out there often. I would just walk in. Right. And like, they, they had kids. They had Like kids. your house. I would right. just walk in your right. house. Right. They had kids. I think their youngest kid was a couple years older than us, right? Yeah. And But you were friends with him, and mm-hmm. they had older kids yeah. than that. And, like, your older siblings were friends with them. So, like, your families were friends, and you knew them well, and you were always over there. But at like two o'clock in the morning, you're like, hey, we can go over there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? And he, you're like, no, they, they won't say anything. We can just hide out there. So we walk into the, we don't knock. We don't do anything. We just walk into this house. And, and, and at this time, it's like 1.30 or 2 in the morning. Yeah, middle of the night. We just walk into the house and the mom is standing there in the living room vacuuming. Yeah. Like, all the lights in the house are on, and she's just vacuuming, <laughs> like, in the middle of the night. And so, but with her back to us. Right. So she hasn't seen us, and we're just, like, standing just inside the door, so we're not, like, walking over her nice, clean floor or whatever. And finally, <laughs> she's done vacuuming, and she turns off the vacuum, and she turns around and sees us and almost dies. Yeah. Like, she just, like, threw up. Oh, my God. And, like, totally freaked out. But then as soon as she saw Brian, she's like, what are you doing here? And then we told her. And she's like, just hang out here. Just hang out here. And, like, we just hung out there for, I don't know, like, half an hour yeah. or something until, yeah. like, the danger passed. Mm-hmm. But just to, like, the middle of the night and she's just vacuuming. Just, just like walked a, right in. So... What was more strange, us walking in or her vacuuming it, vacuuming it like 2 a.m.? I mean, just vacuuming at 2 a.m. I just remember, we just like walked in and I just remember looking at each other like, what the hell's going on? Like, why is she up? And and I can't uh, remember if anybody else was home. I don't think so. I think think she was the only one. Yeah. Unless maybe other people were sleeping or something. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> we we hung out hung out there and then we eventually made the walk back to my house and climbed back through the window and went back to sleep. But when we were walking back and climbing through the window, I remember thinking like, what if my dad's just sitting in my room right. and like waiting for us when we get there? And he's like, where the hell have you been? But was that didn't happen. that the same night where... You got stuck in the window and, and uh, <laughs> told me, get out, get out. And, then, and I'm thinking, you're fucking stuck. I can't get past you. Yeah. No, you said, I said, get in. Oh, oh get yeah, in. Yeah, you okay. had already gotten out. Okay. I was getting out and like I, my butt like got caught on like the bottom of the window and yeah, like and bent it. Right. And it squeaked. And I was like, get back in, get back in. <laughs> and like, I'm stuck in the window and you're outside and you're like, I can't get back in. So I just went and I laid down and turned off the lights. And if anybody would have come in and not seen you and you just stayed outside, right. if they would have not seen you there, they would have been like, what the hell? That was uh, one of her favorite pastimes to just get out of the house late at night and yeah just walk around roam the streets of south Haven. yeah and like we didn't do anything bad no like just hang out yeah those were other kids that did bad stuff. yeah other kids that did bad stuff actually that was me like five years earlier i was gonna say yeah. it, was, it was me too yeah. i uh the statue of limitations has probably worn off on my uh breaking into cars not breaking into cars like opening car doors and rummaging through stuff. Right. And then I 
open the car, the wrong car door of a Corvette and the car alarm went off. <laughs> I took off running and I swear I remember looking down at the ground and like not even being able to see my feet because I was running so fast. I just re- like, oh, I wish there was video of me running because I guarantee I was flying. Yeah, uh, we never broke into cars. We, yeah, we were good kids. <laughs> no. So he actually, one of our favorite pastimes was to act like at nighttime, <clears throat> act like uh, we were playing tug of war across the middle of the drive. Oh, yeah. So, so cars we would have, out. there were usually like five to eight of us hanging out and half and half on each side yeah uh, and we're pulling this imaginary rope when <laughs> cars cars are coming do they stop yeah yeah mm-hmm. then we would Damn all kids take off running yeah. yeah that's awesome well right now there's uh somebody the the cool thing is that there are people that will listen to this that will know exactly what we're talking about and be able to picture it in their heads so there's some some good stories for you guys um speaking of billy joel i just this is i've had this on my list for a while but there's it's he was like a music making machine for decades and then on that album that I was just talking about, The River of Dreams, the last song is about it being the last song that he's ever going to record. Right. And like, this is the last song I will ever write or last line I will ever write or something. And that was in like 1993 and it's almost 30 years later and he has not released anything new. Like he's a man of his word. Like he didn't write anything else. He's been performing and touring and everything for a long time, but it really was the last line that he ever wrote. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Actually. I mean, he started, and, and I'm probably getting these years wrong. I think he started, like his first album was like 72 or something. Pretty early 70s. Whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And when he put the river of dreams album out that was like 93 94 and and i think it was only 43 or 44 years old yeah so young right but he said i've said it all yeah i mean what's left what else can i say yeah which is kind of admirable because there are all these bands that right that keep putting things out right uh, it's not good and it's sad. Yeah. I mean, it's so... And that was a good album. It's okay to end. Right. It's okay I mean, to... He, yeah. 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 That's a, he probably thought, hey, hey, I wrote these, these like, hit songs. That's the thing is he has and, so many, like, right. popular songs, right. you know? And, like, at some point, are you ever going to top that, you know? Yeah. I mean, did he realize as well was running dry? Right, yeah. Maybe that last album was just really hard to write and he just didn't know if he could do it again. Right. Although maybe he's got like 15 albums worth of stuff and he's just going to like have a heyday someday. Right, like when he keels over from a grabber because I don't think he looks, I don't don't think he's real healthy. He's not the picture of health, no. Um, We'll probably 
find out in the last 25 years he's written like 15 albums. Right, yeah. Then his people will just put album after album. Yeah, live off of uh, dead Billy Joel stuff. Right. Um, All right. I read this article today that was talking about um, how important your brain is in doing well anything yeah. <laughs> anything but like like elite physical activity requires not just physical performance but brain power and mm-hmm. brain performance as well and they gave a number of examples one of which is like by playing hockey mm-hmm. you increase your ability to see multiple things at once okay. because on a hockey rink, your people are constantly moving, and like when you have the puck, you have to see which of the all of these people you can possibly pass it to are the best. So like kids that play hockey forever like are going to get better at this, and like it helps in their brain power to do that. But it also talked about like um, how you can. A big part of like they they were talking about this cross country bike race and about how your stomach or your muscles your your body tells you that you need more energy before you actually need more energy. So if you can power through that feeling of needing more energy, then you can go farther and go longer. But psychologically, to do that is very difficult. And the other thing that they talked about was pain. And they said competitive this is this is a way that maybe competitive eating is a sport because your stomach begins to really hurt way before it's full. So when you're Joey Chestnut eating fifty-four hot dogs, your stomach starts hurting at like thirty. And you have to overcome the psychological block to shove down those other 24 hot dogs or whatever, however many he's eating. I don't know. But I always, it always drives me crazy, like the competitive eating. Like it's not a sport. Like just shoving food into your face is not a sport. But that is the first thing that ever made me like reconsider my position. Like if you have to like overcome your mind to perform then maybe it is a sport maybe i'm not doing it but no i and there's a there's a strategy there's competition yeah there's training i'm sure so uh, maybe it really is a sport but this goes into my whole my the questions i always have of games versus sports Mm -hmm. and like like, hunting isn't a sport. Like, it's a pastime. But, like, unless you get shot if you miss the deer, it's not a sport. Right. It's a it's a competition or it's a, I don't know. And, like, like is bowling. Is bowling a sport or is it a game? Sport. Okay. I'll tell you my problem with bowling. The, the, some amateur dude in the Thursday night bowling league at the local alley Mm -hmm. 
can do can have a night where he does it just as well as the best bowler that ever lived. They both can bowl perfect games. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many nights I pitch. I'm never going to pitch as well as Clayton Kershaw. So it makes me wonder, like, eh. I think it's the consistency. Consi- okay, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, maybe just looking at this one night. any, actually, any asshole can throw as hard as Kershaw. Not these two assholes here. <laughs> but some, like, high school burnout coach. Right. Yeah. But, but the difference... Between the high school burnout coach and Kershaw is Kershaw can do it when Consistently. he, when he yeah, wants. When he wants. It's when you want. Repetitive. I mean, like, Parker Bone the third can probably... <laughs> Who the fuck is Parker Bone the third? He's a fucking famous bowler. He can probably... Did you make that up? I, is that a real name? Anybody Parker out there? Parker Bone the third. B-O-H-N. <laughs> anybody can look him up. He can probably bowl like two ninety just on just because he wants to. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, how do you know a professional bowler? Because my dad. Oh, your dad was a serious bowler. Yeah. That's he had a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah. yeah. Both of my parents were were really good bowlers and one of the things we would watch on saturday on abc was bowling, bowling. yeah, yeah I, it was I, like, I do remember um, like yeah. wide world of sports now the one the to me the biggest thing that always makes me think that maybe bowling is a sport mm-hmm. is when i try to get out there and do it because <laughs> like it's fucking hard it is. and it like is. if i don't have bumpers i'm not i'm i'm likely possibly not even hitting triple digits right and like the fact that people can figure out how to do it and Uh it still makes no sense to me why every time i bowl i just want to throw it straight down the middle as hard as i can and i think that that should work right and it It must not be the best way to do it because that's not the way any of the pros do it gotta hit that pocket man i guess but i want to hit the the front pin and have it explode on all of them but People that have thrown millions more frames than me, I think, probably know better. Yeah. But, um, oh, the other brain thing that they said was about figure skaters. Mm -hmm. And your ears are responsible for your balance. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you spin around, it throws off your balance. Now, I, I can't spin more than, like, twice without feeling like I cannot do right. spinning. I can ride roller coasters all day, but like my kids know, like when we go to Holiday World or some amusement park, like I, I'm not going to be there for the spinning rides. Like you're oh, on, you're on your horrible. own. I'll go on the roller coasters all day, but spinning rides, unless you want me to puke all over you, don't. Right. But um, but like they talked about figure skaters, they actually turn off. They t- don't turn it off, but train their brains to ignore the signals coming from their ears telling them that they're dizzy. So it's not that they don't get dizzy. It's that they choose not to acknowledge their dizziness. So when they do like their spins and their triple axles or whatever, like mm-hmm. they're dizzy, they, their, brain, their ears are telling them that they're dizzy. 
they've just disconnected their mind from what their ears are telling them. Right. Which is crazy to me. Elite athletes, man. Yeah. So, like, the brain, like, not just in everything, but in elite athletics, athleticism, whatever, too. So, all right, here's something else. Maybe you have some insight into this. Is there a reason why doctors and nurses wear scrubs? Like, specifically scrubs. Why, why not just something else? Well, your housekeepers wear them, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so right. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, like, why is it is it so, like, they don't get blood on their regular clothes? Yeah, or I mean, it's is it more... Kind of a uniform. I mean, is it like... You get crap on it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it might be to to show that you're some type of medical employee, one. Yeah. Two, you don't want to – I mean, if you're wearing scrubs, you don't care what you get on them. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't wear them, but there are other, other therapists that wear them. But do you wear a coat? Do you wear a, a medical, like a doctor's coat? No, I used to, um, my first, like, two years I worked at the nursing home, I wore the lab coat. Yeah. But then, yeah, no. Why'd you, there, (laughs) I can see in your face there's a reason why you stopped or. I don't, it just looked idiotic. (laughs) (laughs) You got tired of people thinking you were a doctor? Well, uh, that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're old people. Yeah. So. Well, I, I work I work at a university and people all the time address me as Dr. Baker. Dr. And Baker. And I'm like, I'm, I am not a doctor. First of all, like, this university is too damn cool for anybody to be called doctor except for medical doctors. But I'm certainly not, not every person that you encounter at a university has a doctorate. So, right. like. Especially not just some idiot who's processing your stupid administrative stuff. I'm not a doctor. PhD. Yeah. I'm whatever. Um, All right. Well, and I'm not wearing scrubs either. I ain't that kind of doctor. I ain't no kind of doctor. All right. This is something I was talking to my kids about the other day. Actually, they were listening to me talk. It has to be exhausting to be my kids. (laughs) <laughs> just like listen to me talk about this stupid shit all day. <laughs> They're like, what the heck? I can't believe airports amaze me and air travel amazes me. Mm-hmm. The fact that, okay, so like the fact that there are enough people moving from city to city each day that to require the number of flights, like, Chicago to Houston, there's probably like six flights a day from Chicago to Houston. Mm-hmm. There's that many people who just happen to be going from Chicago to Houston right. on any given day that you need that many flights. And that's just two cities. Like, what about like Nashville to Atlanta or mm-hmm. like Salt Lake City to Portland? And like, there's flights all over the place. Like, how are there so many people that are like, just happen to be going every single day? It's just like, the it, it's the same feeling as like, when I'm in Chicago at two in the morning, driving on like the Dan Ryan, and there's like tons of cars there. And I want to be like, what are you people doing? 
why are you out? Why are you out? I'm supposed to be the only one on the road. Yeah. Like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. And, like, you know, I'm just coming back from wherever. But what are you doing? You should roll your window. To- <laughs> hey, yeah. hey you- why are you out? <laughs> yeah. And I always wonder, like, how many of those people are just up to no good? Like, how many of those people do I, you really not want to know what they're doing? Do you ever wonder when you're in a traffic jam, like, who the criminals are? I, I do that. I, I do it, and I yeah. always think, like, the asshole driver drivers are the criminals. Because I always, I always think, like, people who are, who are like, real assholes. Like, but the, like, murderers are the... Are the nice calm ones because yeah i'm not talking i'm not talking murderers maybe but just people that are like gonna rob a bank or that are like shiv you without thinking about it or whatever you know which i guess could turn into murder but like yeah i mean i i don't know i i was it took forever for me to get home today and i was sitting in traffic for a long time and I do think about, like, what's this guy up to? Right. Like, why is he driving like that? Or, like, where are you in such a hurry to? And, you know, I always – I see people on the highway and I always think, like, are you – why do you have to be in such a hurry? Like, why are you going around all these people? What's the big damn emergency? And then I think, like, what if there is an emergency? Yeah. <laughs> what if they did just get a call that somebody got in a car accident and they're trying to get to them or whatever and, you don't, and you're the asshole blocking them because you think that – you're the traffic Do you ever drive on the shoulder? I only ever remember driving on the shoulder once. And that mm-hmm. was when I was on, when my oldest daughter was really young and she was at a birthday party mm-hmm. and I was supposed to go pick her up and I was stuck in traffic. And I remember dry, I drove like two miles on the shoulder just cause I had to get there to get her. But other than that, no, I don't drive on the shoulder. I, it just, <clears throat> I see people driving on the shoulder and I just most of the time hope that they like curve off into the ravine or something. <laughs> I just picture on the sh- on the shoulders like nails and screws and yeah, shit you're yeah, going like to run over. Tons of bat, yeah. yeah. I was um I was driving on the way to work last year and a semi truck lost its tire like Mm. right next to me. Uh And like I saw it, I saw it happening like before it happened. Uh I could see that the tire was real wobbly. So I like backed off a little bit and then the tire just shot like straight out. He was in the right lane, shot straight out across two or three lanes, hit the center um, wall and then bounced back and hit another semi and then bounced back against the center wall and just hugged the center wall for like a quarter mile, mm-hmm. half mile or something. And I kept thinking it was going to hit something like on the shoulder and bounce up over the center wall and hit like some oncoming car or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Luckily, it just like petered out and stalled. But that freaked me out because like it was very visible beforehand that like something's bad is happening. But right. Even though you see it, you still don't expect to see the thing, like, shoot out right in front of you. And if I hadn't seen it, I would have been, like, right next to it, and it would have hit my car. So I'm glad that I noticed it. But that's... It's like driving on highways like that. You never know when shit like that's going to happen. Right. And, like, sometimes that stuff happens so quick you can't even react to it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, if you think about how many times, like a rock hits your windshield or something, yeah. you know, and it's like instantaneous. you hear it and like you have no chance to react. Right. And that's 
luckily it was just a rock and not something huge, mm-hmm. you know, because if it was something huge, you're screwed. Nothing you can do about it. So, man, those are things I can't think about too much when I'm driving because then I just get like super paranoid or I'm just like constantly looking around or whatever, you know. <laughs> that that whole feeling of like when when's my time when's my time you don't really want to know when your time is so yeah flights from city to city and then so i i I also like airports to me are just so cool because they're like you can just get obviously just get anywhere like because air travel is so much different obviously than car travel because like in an airplane you just go in this tube and then bounce around for a couple of hours and you come out and you're in a new place. You don't see the miles past the way you do in a car. So it always kind of like blows my mind that you're in a new place. Yeah. But the today I'm in Chicago and five hours later I'm in Phoenix. Yeah. And But like to drive that, it's like a day and a half drive, right. you know. Um and like I'm going to Canada in a couple of weeks for the that Pearl Jam show, and like it's only a six and a half hour drive, but it's going to feel like we drove a long distance, you right. know. Whereas if we took a plane, it'd be like you know an hour or whatever, and it would. I mean, obviously, you would feel like you're in a different city, but um, I don't know. All right, what are you drinking? You're drinking. Wait, there's nothing in that. I mean, there's a little bit of whiskey, but what the hell's keeping that cold? Well, uh, this type of whiskey, which is scotch, I always drink neat. So it's, to me, it's a warm drink. Oh, okay. And I actually pretty much only drink it from October to April. It just reminds me of cold weather. Okay. I, I periodically have 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 it in the summer but my mass scotch consumption happens from october to april all scotch not just that brand of scotch all scotch because it's warm yeah it kind of reminds me of cold weather but not old men not old men, <laughs> not old men. with braunschweiger but had i wanted this chilled <laughs> then I easily would have picked up some Lang Ice and made this drink happy and make my mouth happy. The drink does look kind of disappointed. No, I mean, well, no, wait, it's beautiful. <laughs> it would have just been happier mm-hmm. with Lang Ice. All right, that's another hour with us on More Later. Uh, thanks for listening and leave us a review. And come back on Thursday, or no, Monday. This is Thursday. This episode is, see, recording these beforehand a little bit throws me off. This is Thursday's episode, and we'll be back on Monday. And uh, you'll want to listen because we'll have good stuff to talk about. So uh, come back Monday, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.